right, we are live. All right, welcome, welcome to the studio today, B. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, good. Always glad to be in the studio. Thanks, man. I'm over here forgetting my lines. <laughs> man, it happens to the best of us, man. You know, Nathan's got a lot going on, ladies and gentlemen. Oh so. my goodness. I'm 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 astonished how you keep it all together. Yeah, man. Period. So forgetting a line or two, man, just lets us know you're human. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're excited to have you in the studio, man, as always. Always great to be here. Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Well, um, we want to welcome you guys to Buy the Block with Brian Chavis, um, the podcast where we teach you how to buy it, rent it, and profit. Um, first off, let's, uh, you know, special thank you to our sponsors. Uh, we got Brian Chavis Coaching and Consulting. Uh, you can visit brianchavis.com to learn more about how you can work one-on-one with Brian Chavis and his team, along with the Multifamily Matrix. It's our educational platform uh, where we help you get industry-level certifications, high-end networking, um, so on and so forth. You can visit multifamilymatrix.com, as well as Renometer Pro. Uh, Renometer has been uh, gracious enough to uh, help us out with uh, offering five free rental reports to all of our listeners. Uh, you can visit brianchavis.com forward slash Renometer. And um, yeah, just, uh, you know, thank you so much to all of our sponsors, uh, Allison's Alligator, Home Depot Pro. Uh, the list goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we got so many people, uh, you know, chiming in and helping out that, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting time. So it is. It is. Absolutely. We're blessed. We're blessed to, to be in this position. Yeah, man. Um, exciting. Uh, it's always so much exciting news. Uh, you were featured on uh, Yahoo Finance, man. Yes. Yes. Yahoo Finance. Uh, so big shout out to Yahoo Finance. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was a great article. Um, you know, uh, I'm appreciative that that folks, uh, you know, resonate with the story and, yep. and understand, you know, the struggle. Um, you know, because, you know, as they say, the struggle is real. And, uh, you know, what I went through is something that uh, countless people, you know, I lost a couple of friends. Uh, uh, due to cancer and uh, lost one in particular this mm. year um, you know um, so yeah it's it's rough so just you know for you know the people to truly understand what I've gone through um, absolutely you know which is it's it's not common you know uh, the story is not out there as much you know right, right. Uh, but you know articles like this you know I think are good I'm okay with sharing it I'm at a point now where I'm okay with sharing the story and uh I really feel like it can help Absolutely. so many uh, so many others. So. Absolutely. For those of you who are listening who may not know, um, let me uh, read the uh, intro or the, the the title. It says, Even a Brain Tumor Cannot Stop Real Estate Tycoon and Best-Selling Author Brian Chavis. And many of the people listening may not know that you actually uh, did struggle uh, with a brain tumor. Um, and, uh, you know, tell us a little more about that, man. I mean, um, you know, just uh you know how what happened you don't have to go into you know lots of detail but i'd love to hear more about that for some of the listeners yeah and um how you feeling today man of course i'm feeling great today um you know there, you you never shake it you know the headaches and things of that nature but you know that's a you know like paul said the small thorn in my side you know yeah. that is uh you know i'm okay with that uh yeah, but yeah, the struggle was was it was it was tough for, for many years. Yeah, you know, from twenty twelve to twenty, you know, till till you know twenty fifteen, twenty seventeen. I yeah. mean, really, it's just honestly, man, until this year, yeah. you know, the beginning of twenty twenty one, you know, when we formed the Matrix and yep. we started, you know, rebuilding the the brand, um, has it really not been right a struggle? 
to where I was up all night. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, we're going to get into an article on the current affairs about a guy being up all night, you know, with, with the eviction over looming his head, you know, and in his 10 year old child, it's like, you know, I lived that for, you know, almost, you know, what, five years, three to four years. Um, you know, coming back and having to build the businesses and the brand and a lot of sleepless nights, man. Um, there's a lot of nights where I was, you know, speaking and having to still produce and make money and would have seizures in the hotel room and have to go and stand eight hours, you know, and, and speak and give these lectures, you know, as if nothing was wrong. Uh, it, you know, the chemo, uh, I can go on and on, man. It's just, yeah. you know, there's not much that I don't resonate when people say cancer and being sick. And, right. you know, uh, you know, there's not much that I haven't suffered through. Um you know, to the really lowest points, you know, you can't really get any lower than where I was. Absolutely. Uh, and so to be able to, to bounce back, um, and to be able to be in this position where I am right now, is just, you know, it's, it's, it's just through the grace of God and, you know, all glory goes to, to him. I could take no credit. Uh, but what I do try to do is, um, you know, I try to sow seeds and, and, uh, you know, uh, never forget what happened and what I went through Absolutely. and just try to really impact as many folks as I possibly can. Um, you know, I, I felt like I did that with my friend who just passed, you know, I kind of hope mm-hmm. was wishing that he would had pulled through. Yep. He had a rare form of cancer and he was the pillar of good health. You know, um, you know, I asked him to sit on our board you know, I was planning, we were planning on him being around, you know, he yeah, was going to be on the board of Chavis Capital and, uh, cause he had a tremendous, he, you know, he was in the real estate development. He worked in, yeah. the, uh, you know, develop, uh, strip malls. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, huge real estate mind, uh, great real estate mind, just a great person in general, but you know, the last few weeks of his life, you know, were me telling my story, uh, and sowing seeds in him where I, you know, and it's just by happen chance, of course, nothing's happen chance, but, you know, some viewers may be faith based, some may not. Right. But um, it's however you 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 choose to view it. But I can only tell you from my personal experience, I don't necessarily believe in in, in happenstance. You know, mm-hmm. things happen for a reason. Um, you know, we all have the right to make choices. Right. So you know how they happen in, in the direct path. You know, obviously is is impacted by our choices that we make. Um, but walking across the street just so happened to see him. Yep. Uh, as he was driving by, so he's going at least 40 miles an hour. I'm crossing the street with my dogs, taking them for a right. walk, because I was late taking them for a walk, and I really wasn't going to. I was just going to be like, you know what? I just have to come back in an hour or so and, yep. and get them. But then something was pulling at my heart and saying, no, just go, go, go take them out. So I did a U-turn and went back to the house, grabbed them, took them out, making my way across the street to take them for their walk, and there goes Eric driving by. And so... The chances of him going forty miles an hour, me coming back, crossing the road at the right, right time. Right. So you do. You you I let for the you know, the skeptics, you know, the non believers or whomever, I let them, you know, you know, uh they can digest that however they want. But um so I see him, I bump yep. into him, uh, he comes back and pulls back around and uh we start talking and oh man, Nate he looked bad. He was about less than 100 pounds. He was just really bad shape. 
had a, a bag, whatever the bag, the name of the bag, you know, that they attached. Colostomy yeah. bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had mm-hmm. that. He had that. And I believe he was going, he was in a rough spot. He was beginning to really feel like he was more of a burden to his family, his fiance, and um, I think he was in a spot. And I was very familiar with this spot. Um, I was in this spot to where I thought, you know, that taking my life was really the only uh, true measure of, um, of, 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 it was only the only way, you know, what, what a real man would do. So most of us think, you know, committing suicide or doing things is a selfish act, and, mm-hmm. and we look down on that. Uh, but my mindset at this time was, well, I was just much of a burden to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want this thing to grow to a point to where I was going to be a vegetable, and my fiancé at the time, mm-hmm. you know, was going to take care of me. And I just didn't really want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a burden to anybody. Mm-hmm. So a soldier will take his matters into his own hands, right? right? That's That's my mentality. So... You know, I, 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 I went to commit suicide and there was a chain of events and we won't go into it that happened. And, you know, uh, someone intervened. It was a group, <laughs> oddly enough, it was two brothers that would visit my door every day. Yeah. Every day. Uh, not every day, every week. Yeah. I'm sorry. They were Jehovah Witnesses. Okay. They would come knocking. First couple of times, man, you know, I'd look and see there was, a, you know, it was the Jehovah Witnesses and I would, uh, and I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the door. And then one day I went to the door and then from that point on for like months, I would bring them waters and we would have conversations, some long in depth, some short and sweet. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so I, at the time I, 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 I told myself that it was the day I was going to, you know, to, to, to do it. Yeah. So I was headed out to do what I needed to do. And uh, lo and behold, guess who's come walking up the steps at this time? It's these two brothers, yeah. you know, the two Jehovah Witnesses. Um, and they can see I was distraught about, like, how I looked at Eric yep. that day. They can see something was troubling me, and we just began to talk. And so I kind of was telling them about what I was going through. And I can just remember the one that never really spoke, spoke that day and said something to me. Um, that kind of really changed the path at the time. You know, he was like, you know, so you're going to go and take your life. You're going to do things, uh, jeopardize your eternity because of what a man or doctors had said. Because I had just left Moffitt, and it was bad news. And they they really didn't look at my scans or do anything. And they just, right. it was just, it was just like doom and gloom. It was just like, well, you know, this thing could spread and it could do all these various different things. And so they put this in my mind that this is my fate. So I was wow. like, okay, well, if this is my fate, I'm not going to let my fiance go through this. She's a doctor. She's got a great career. There's no way in the world I'm going to, you know, there was no kids or any, we weren't married at the time. I wasn't going to burden her. Right. So I was going to take things in my matters in my own hand. And I remember him speaking up and said, so you're going to, you know, do this based on, you know, what man a man, man's opinion. Right. Uh, you know, you don't, we've debated before and you've always spoke on God and how powerful he is and how he's like, so this God that you pray to, that we pray to, you're saying that he's less significant or less powerful than, than this man that's, that's it. And so anyway, just, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was the conversation of, you know, that conversation, you know, that kind of changed the trajectory in my mentality. And it was the conversation that I had and spoke with Eric about. Um, and he started breaking down and crying. And he was like, 
you know, I, this is what this is what I'm going through right now. This is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm debating. And he's like, man, I'm just so happy that I ran into you. And and uh, so we had conversations after that. I went to his house and I spoke and, you know, um, we had many conversations, um, you know, and I, and I and I felt like I was helping him get to a spot to where, you know, at the t- time I thought it was I knew it was a spiritual conversation. Yeah. I knew I, he was getting aligning, aligning himself with God because he would say certain things. And I'd be like, hey, look, Eric. I wouldn't be cursing. I wouldn't be, you know, in that mentality right now. You need to be in the spiritual mentality. I said, there's two sides to this. There's a physical side and there's the spiritual side. You need to abandon that physical side. You can't fast. There's a few things we talked about. I said, but you can fast from bad language, you know, certain type of thoughts, and you can get into the spiritual. You need to come to God. You need to have a conversation with your maker, whomever you... You need to have a conversation. So we talked about that. What does that look like? How does that? It's like, listen, it's not. We don't have to burn incense. We don't have to do this. We don't have to know scriptures. We don't have to. You just go to him and tell him, hey, look, I'm scared. I'm concerned. I, you know, I don't know what you know is 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 waiting for me next month, mm-hmm. next week, two hours from now. It might be death. I said, you, you know, looking at you, you got one foot in the grave and the other on the banana peel, brother. You. You know, this ain't looking too good. So we need to really take this war to the spiritual. Right. We need to do certain things. So these conversations went on for, for weeks, and he started, you know, I keep the text messages in my phone. But, you know, he started really doing that and, and really seeking and, and really turning towards that spiritual side. Um, so if there's one thing, I was sad when he passed because um, it was all of a sudden I was just at his house. Um, and he and I were supposed to have a meeting on Tuesday or Wednesday when he left Moffitt for his treatment. Um, and of course he never came back, Mm -hmm. but you know, it was just that week, you know, of the Kentucky Derby that we were at his house and, and, uh, you know, it just, you know, it just, it just, it just, you know, it just happened all of a sudden, um, you know, but he was in a bad, he was in a, he was in a tough fight. Yeah. But. I was angry, and in the beginning, I was like, thought felt like I let him down a little bit, right? But uh, you know, the more I thought about it, it was like, okay, well, had it not been for that crossing the street and me having that conversation, and it had not been for me sowing seeds into him, you know, the chances of him being spiritually ready yep. when he transitioned, but we're, we're we're zero to none. So, you know, I I take. You can't save them all, right? You know, and it's not my job to, but I take—I don't know—I take pride in the fact that I had those conversations with them. Absolutely. You know, I've had conversations with others. You know, there's a—I told you there's a young lady uh, who runs my child's school, mm-hmm. um, who had a brain tumor, and, and hers turned out she's still here and and doing well and thriving. Good. But some make it, some don't. But at the end of the day, it's not my job. I have to realize it's not my job to. That's, you know, I, I, it's above my pay grade, who stays, who goes, how that all happens. But, you know, the one thing I would always tell Eric, because he would love to give me credit for coming by, I'd be like, man, <laughs> listen, if it was up to me, I'd let you die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to see you in this condition. You know, yep. don't give me credit. You know, the credit goes to God because... If it weren't for an agreement that I made with him when I was going through what I was going through, I, I wouldn't be here mm-hmm. speaking to you right now. 
you know, so give the credit to him. I don't want the credit. I don't deserve the credit, number one. But I remember having that conversation with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, but, but yeah, man, I felt at the end of the day, at the, when, it, when he transitioned, I felt like, you know, that he was at least in a good spot. So, yeah, man, it's, it's the struggle was real and what I went through was real. And, and, and all I can do is, is try to shed light and, and, and inspire, inspire others who might be struggling with something, whether it be a sickness, an illness, you know, um, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all struggling with something. Uh, that's fact. And, uh, you know, if I can show that, you know, I can make it and I can pull through, uh, you know what I mean? It, uh, you know, uh, you know, it should, it should, uh, I don't know, it should, it should expose others to um, the possibility of uh, anything's possible. So, absolutely. uh, So, yeah, man, that's, you know, that's. That's, uh, you know, that's the thankful that the story is being circulated. Yep. Uh, I'm thankful that the story is perhaps now will help someone else who reads that. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I look forward to continue telling the story and continue uh, to, and, and uh, however we figure out to inspire others, um, you know, that are going through something. Because, again, we're all going through something. Absolutely. Our listeners right now, there's somebody driving and listen to this that has a struggle or something yeah. on their heart and it's tough and it seems to be overwhelming and it seems to be to a point where they can't handle it. And that's where you have to realize that, okay, well, you know, this is where you have to, you know, this is where you do have to look inward spiritually and yeah. you do have to try to tap into that. And, you know, how do you do that? And, you know, and you don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to yeah. be over, you know, in church every Sunday, you know, that's, that's not even what this is about, no. you know? So, you know, but yeah. So, you know, I hope our listeners realize, man, that, you know, and they do, because I get this all the time about how they love our conversations and how yeah. they love how real you and I are. Um, and, you know, we seldom talk about this part. It's right. always real estate, but it's, you know, it comes a point where you can't just talk real estate. You also have to talk about who you are as a person, right. as an individual. They go hand in hand, you know, dirty business, dirty mind, dirty business. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, corrupt mind, corrupt business, you know. So, you know, if we can get folks you know, spiritually yoke, we can get folks in alignment with yep. their purpose. It's going to help in their personal life and in their business life. So I think it's, you know, I think, I think we need to have more conversations like this and share more. So agreed, you know, agreed. And, um, you know, we're, we're so thankful you're still here B. um, you know, definitely been an inspiration to so many people. It's, it's, uh, it's always great to see, uh, people coming up to you after a different events and sharing their own stories as well and how mm-hmm. you've inspired them to fight, um, you know, I see it on social media as well. You know, people that are struggling with their own, you know, brain tumors and things of that nature um, that are saying, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story. And, um, you know, thank you to Yahoo Finance for uh, for picking it up and running with it. Um, you know, millions of people read Yahoo Finance on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's really exciting. Um, but, um, you know, let's let's get into the, the topic at hand today. Um, you know, th- we're talking about staying up at late at night. Um <laughs> We've got the uh, eviction moratorium. That's yeah, keeping you know, folks up keeping at night. Folks <laughs> up at night, you know. So we got you know owners that are up at night. We got you know banks. Yeah, banks. Yeah, tenants. Every, every, everybody's is, up. Exactly. Exactly. So um, you know, and uh, yeah, if we can get a you know sleeping aid to sponsor the podcast, well, <laughs> uh, maybe that'll help. But um, you know, all jokes aside, uh, this is serious business, 
And, um, you know, I want to hear from you as we talk about this story. So, um, you know, this was a a great story by NPR. Millions could face evictions with federal moratorium ending and a logjam in aid. And we went through and read this story um, about uh, Moran Masadad, single dad who drives Uber for a living. Uh, When the pandemic hit, he actually uh, stopped because he, he couldn't leave his daughter home alone. And so he fell behind on rent. Uh, to the tune of around $15,000. He was only able to recoup around $5,000 through government aid. And so he's, you know, suffering from panic attacks and things of that nature. And, um, you know, they're saying, you know, what, 7 million people are still behind on their rent, according to the Census Bureau. Um, How do you, how do you, what do you think about this? You know, as you went through the story yourself, um, what were some of your thoughts reading about Muhammad, uh, the trouble getting aid, and um, you know what do you think's in store um, moving forward? My good question. My first initial thought was, I told you so. Yeah, you know, and that's wrong. But I mean, continue the trend of just being honest. Right, right. <laughs> it's like I told you so. I mean, yeah, I told you that it yeah. wasn't as rosy as everybody made out. Right. You know that. The story is a lot of, you know, we're getting back. The backstory is, you know, or the, you know, the, the headline is that, you know, the economy, we're back, we're back strong. But, you know, the conversation is, is that we were, you know, uh, we were propped up, you know, mm. by a lot of uh, the economy, some can argue. And let's just stick to multifamily. Right. The industry was propped up and continuously, um, um you know, I won't say thriving. Some some municipal some I mean some uh, targeted some asset classes. Mm-hmm. You know, thrive. Some asset classes did well. Right. But I told you there was an asset class, and I did this. Please go back and look at our podcast from last year, mm-hmm. where I said between that eighty and one hundred fifty unit mark, or even thirty to you know, any, let's just say anywhere between ten units and one hundred and fifty units. Right. right that was the sweet spot of individuals that I thought would be in trouble. Now, some asset classes are going to do just fine. And those are the ones that were getting the headlines. Multifamily is okay. Multifamily is thriving. Multifamily is doing well through the pandemic. And again, all facts, mm. but you were talking about certain asset classes. You weren't right. talking about all multifamily asset classes. So, you know, they were putting a blanket over it, right. but there's asset classes that are in trouble. And there's even, Asset classes at some of these institutional grade levels, right. even some of these 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 asset classes that I forementioned, you know, some some of these B properties, C properties, depending right. on their leveraging, right, um, are going to the stories, you know, the shoe is going to drop, the other shoe right. is going to drop. You're going to hear more stories of struggling. 2022, you're going to start to really see, right. you know, when these when when when, you know, when the um, when the when the counter, you know, when the, mm-hmm. when it begins the, what is that begins to shift, the weight right. begins to shift in a d- different direction. It's, yep. it's, you know, you're going to see where the banks are going to, you know, a lot of these projects are in forbearance. A lot of these projects are in special, uh, special, I forgot what they call the actual term, but uh, special services, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of folks are trying to work things out. They're giving these guys, these operators an opportunity to get the wheels back on, but you're starting to hear where, a lot of banks are saying, okay, we got to really look at what assets, what operators are going to be able to weather the storm and who we need to, you know, basically cut the bait, you know, cut the line on. Um, and you're going to see that a lot of the asset classes um, that are over leveraged and a lot of the in between 10 
to you know 150 units right. you're going to see a lot of these you know small independent syndications um especially these newly minted syndications that come in with over leverage because they promise their investors a certain pref and they use leverage or the they use yes they use leverage as the only means the only lever to pull to be able to obtain those prefs right okay versus you know sound operations and a sound value add play. Right. The knee jerk reaction is we're going to say we do value add, but the real trigger or the real lever we're going to pull is is through leverage wow. to be able to get those returns. And that's fine when things are good and the music's playing, but when the music stops, that's when you have those those issues. And you know, as they say, when the tide rolls back, that's when you get to see who's swimming naked. I've right. said that a hundred times if I said it once. Yep. So you're going to begin to see more and more of these stories but you know this particular story is talking about two players and they left out the most important player the 800 pound gorilla in the room which is the bank they talk about the tenant yep. and they talk about the landlord as if the landlord has full control over this so the landlord has to make a certain decision mm -hmm. will they forgive will they work something out with 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 uh with the tenant who's fifteen thousand dollars in debt right but what they really don't understand is that the landlord as soon as they hang up with the tenant has to then call the bank that's true and the bank is the one that's telling you know basically right holding all the cards right and so if the bank's not willing to work out you know so these you know it's 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 more than you know in npr is just they just talked about what's yeah. on the surface you know, but it's it's really, you know, you got to bring all parties to the table. You got to have a conversation about all parties. This is a conversation as much to do with bank, the banking stability and the banking world. You know, the good news is the banks are in much better position than they were in 2008. This was a banking issue in 2008. OK. Right. It's, yep. it's not so much now. So banks are in better position. Now we're just really going to see how they react. Um, so, yeah, that's you know, that's. At the end of the day, that's really what, uh, you know, where we're at. So, steps. Uh, I saw there's another uh, landlord in here that's Stephanie Graves from Houston. Uh, she owns and manages over 1,800 rental units. And um, she said over 20% of her residents were behind on rent. Um, you know, what do you think about that? You know, and what would you do? Um, you know, 20% of your residents are behind on rent. That's huge. Like, yeah. Again, that really shows. See, that wasn't talked about last year. They weren't leaking these these stories out because you know that 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 puts a bad puts that puts a lot of doubt in the marketplace. Right. But where was this story when I was saying, you know, that the picture cannot be that as rosy as what everyone is saying it is. Mm -hmm. So um, the fact is, is that there's you know there's a ton of operators out there like this particular lady in Houston. Um, you know, throughout the Sun Belt, you know, throughout the Midwest. There's a ton of operators. Again, it's yeah. you know it's uh, the story is in and it's it's in the the devil's in the details. The devil's really in the in the, in the financing. Absolutely. You know what does that capital stack look like? What does that leverage look like? That's that crazy. LTV. So I mean, seven million people behind on their rent. Eighteen hundred. How do you fix units. that? Yeah, eighteen hundred rental units. Um, you know, you divide that by seven million. That's a lot of. How do you fix that? Yeah. Seriously, Nate, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm at, because I don't have the right, answer. Right. I'm asking a serious question. How do you go about fixing that? Do you, somebody's going to, some, at some point, somebody's going to have to have a decision that has right. to be made. And it's obviously the banks, because they're the one holding the note, where we either continue or we cut, cut the line. Yeah. 
and cut our losses and keep moving. Right. Because the debt, or we forgive the debt. Correct. And allow them to, them meaning the operator, to try to get things back on track and reposition and re, uh, refinance or reposition um, the loan. Correct. But those decisions are, and, and guess what? Even if the bank says, okay, we're willing to restructure, that's the word I was really looking yep. for, these loans, they're only going to restructure the, 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 the projects they really feel confident in. True. Areas like what I've got, like Park Plaza and in these core markets. These tertiary projects and these <laughs> deals that are, you know, outside of certain demographic, psychographic profiles yeah. that really maintain really well during pandemics or any kind of, you know, yeah. they have, they're less volatile proof. Bank is going to be, they're not going to be willing to restructure a lot. They're probably going to end up cutting the line yeah. and letting a lot of these folks go. So, you know, there's, there's so much more to this story to be told. And, and again, we're not really speaking. You're, you're talking about a landlord and tenant. Yeah. You're not talking about the decision makers. Unless you own the property outright, now you're talking to the decision maker. But how many people have debt on these properties? Mm -hmm. I would argue to say this article, you know, let's just say they polled 500 landlords. It's probably. 95% of them probably have debt. True. So that's that so 95% of them don't have the decision. The ultimate decision. The ultimate decision comes from not one person, not one mention of a bank being interviewed. Right. A lender being interviewed or or you know not not one not one, you know, uh Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, no no community banks, not one lender. True was interviewed on how they're going to proceed with these parts. That's the, that's the question. That's the conversation that needs to be had. You're having a conversation between a tenant who has nothing to do and between a landlord who probably has, has right no decision power. Do you think uh, the banks, um, many of them possibly didn't underwrite for a disaster like this? Who um, does? Who really? did? Yeah. Who did? You, you underwrite and you put in your, you know, these guys got to make money too. Of Nate. You only make you only make money by lending it. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you're gonna underwrite. You're gonna underwrite accordingly. Mm -hmm. Right. Got to go before a committee. Committee. Yep. You know, uh, whether it's a big bank, small bank. You know, there's, there's gonna be somebody dotting eyes, crossing the t's. Of course. But who's gonna really understand and and and, and weather and and predict a, a a pandemic? Right. You're not. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I again, I'm 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 just I'm. All I'm doing here in this conversation is bringing all the parties right to the to the table, not landlord and tenant. No, I'm bringing. I'm. I'm. I'm telling. These are all the culprits. These are everybody. This is the whole entire. You can't just do half of the recipe, right? You know, and leave out the you know the most important ingredient. It's gonna come flat, right? So you know, at the end of the day, I'm just. We're just talking about you know all the what's in play, and we're talking about what I said a year ago. My predictions. You can go back and look at that podcast. I encourage. Forgot the, the podcast, but we can put the link in yeah. of when I did the prediction. We were doing it live on Facebook for a lot of individuals. And I was saying I did a nice little chart yep. based on CoStar's um, uh, 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 reporting. Right. I said, these are the individuals I feel like are going to be in trouble. And, you know, here we are. Watch 2022. I, I feel like there's, you know, there's going to be individuals that are going to be able to take advantage. And there's going to be a lot of individuals who pulled the trigger within... 2019 to 2020 uh, that wish they probably had a, been a little bit more patient. I wanted to ask a little more about dry that. powder. Absolutely. Dry powder. So I wanted to ask about that capitalizing on this type of opportunity. Um, so, you know, this is not, you know, we don't wish anybody 
uh, you know, to fail in this industry. But right now, this, talking opens, facts. Up, this yeah. opens up a huge opportunity for a lot of people that do have dry powder or are in the position. What are you thinking about if you're in that spot? Like now, uh, as someone looking to acquire properties, yeah, what's, what's going on in your mind? This? Is where the, where's the deal? Okay. Where's, where's the shoe going to drop? Yeah. And again, you know, I gave you my predictions. So putting my money where my mouth is, putting my fund, Chavis Capital Fund, yeah. where my mouth is, is, you know, I, I see it. I know where I, where I, you know, I've been doing this a, a long time. And as an operator, yep. operators have the advantage. Yep. As an operator, I can tell you demographics and psychographic wise, who's going to struggle mm. and who is struggling and who is, who's, you know, has more of these tenants that, like the NPR story has, yep. I can tell you. So it's, you know, and I told you, you know, I told you a year ago. Yep. So, you know, it's funny because I told folks about the value of Park Plaza. Right. When they thought I overpaid. Yep. You know, am I crazy or am I crazy like a fox? <laughs> because, you know, I had a broker say, yeah, you know, at that time, it, you know, at that time it was a different market. I'm like, yes, that's the idea behind predictions. Mm-hmm. I don't, Stevie Wonder can see predictions that are going on today. I don't, I don't need anybody to tell me about what, you know, predicting what's going on today. Right. I want you to be able to predict what's going on two to three years from now. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, I, you know, it's, it's, it's based on predictions and, uh, you know, our predictions have been sound. You, you've been right there. Yep. And, uh, so, you know, yeah, as a newly minted fund, uh, you know, I say, you know, that dry powder, be patient. You're going to see some movement in 2022, uh, maybe second quarter, third quarter, 2022. You're going to start to really see some movement. So, going to see a lot of movement here. Um, speaking of the fund, you mentioned the fund, um, Chavis Capital RE. Visit Chavis Capital RE uh, if you got a little dry powder laying around <laughs> and you want to uh, be a part of the the shots that we. Uh, fire out, um, you know, as we acquire, uh, some, some new, uh, assets, uh, we'd love for you to join the team, um, and invest with us. Um, I don't want to say too much, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, building this out, um, you know, but I, you know, feel free to talk about it, be, um, you know, yeah, you know, I think there's, there's a time and we'll, this, this, this podcast, we'll do something, you know, just keep an eye out for what we're doing. You know, most of our listeners are loyal and they're staying tuned and, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for what we're doing. There's, you know, we're, I'm creating a fund and, uh, you know, obviously we all know what I'm heavily focused on. You know, it's not a military secret. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, just stay tuned. Um, you know, I don't like to, if I can't turn it into an educational piece, right. You know, I don't, you know, I'm, we're not here to, to talk about the fund, Correct. you know, as an, you know, as you know, uh, right now we're here to educate and, and, and give our, some, our, some thoughts on, on, uh, on the market. Um, you know, but the question is, is, you know, those who have dry powder, uh, how are they going to react? Absolutely. And I feel like they're going to be able to take advantage of being in great position. Like I said, anybody that's kind of been on the sideline watching from 2019, you know, are really from 2018 to where we are in 2020. Uh, I feel they're going to be in, in really good position. You know, yeah. there's a lot of folks that are that are moving into assets and looking, depending on the type of asset that you're looking to acquire. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's some some sound decisions. Yeah. You know, uh, to be made. Um, 
you know, I still feel like there's some asset classes that, you know, if you have an opportunity, you can you go ahead and pull the trigger on. But, you know, if there's some that are just really not lighting up your dashboard, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, just sit tight. Absolutely. Because, you know, I do feel like you're going to be able to find, you know, some 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 opportunities. And, and, you know, as, as far as distressed opportunities are concerned, because yep. right now everybody, you know, everybody's in position where they're going to get top dollar, you know. So even distressed properties are going to try to put mark, you know, properties on market for top dollar and get top dollar. So I get that. I understand that. Um, and, you know, depending on where you're at, sometimes paying top dollar, you know, you, you know, some folks have overpaid. Some say I overpaid, but look right. where we're at now. So, you know, it's, it's just really you have to have the, the, the insight uh, and you have to really, you know, uh, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's in the underwriting process and really know what asset classes know how to weather storms yep. better than others. Um, but there's going to be some opportunities to really reach out to some of these operators. Exactly. And perhaps get them in a position before maybe one on one to where you can get these individuals. But if right. it hits the market, then, you know, obviously, you know, the, the prices are inflated. Right. So, you, you know, you got to you gotta do your homework. I'll say, I'll leave it at That's that. It. Yeah. There's those who, you know, who have that dry pot or if you've got a fun, you got a good team right now, it's time for your team to be out there really building relationships with a lot of these operators. I've just given you some, some, some hints on who I thought they were. Right. right. You got to come up with a campaign, just like any marketing campaign and figure out how to touch these individuals and speak to them and find out where they are. Exactly. You know, as a consultant, I see a lot of our consultants. That's what they're doing right now. Reaching out, using this knowledge, reaching out to these operators, figuring out who they are. And, uh, you know, there's there's opportunities to be had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And um, the reason I don't talk about it much, I'm still, you know, working alongside Melvin. um, Shout out to the Fairby group. Um, They've been phenomenal at helping us learn, you know, what you can and can't say. Um, You know, we never want this to be a, a, a crazy advertisement or anything of that nature. Correct. Correct. And, and um, what I do like about Chavis Capital is that it's tied to our educational arm, uh, multifamily matrix. So if you have dry powder and you have, you don't have experience with multifamily, or even if you do, it's a great network to be able to learn as you are growing your investments. And so, um, you know, I would advise you guys to visit Chavis Capital RE.com. Uh, you can put your information in. You can learn more about what we're looking at and why we're looking at the uh, certain types of properties, learn our process, our criterias for um, evaluating what a good deal is to us. Um, and uh, yeah, we'd love to invite you to just join us on the journey. Um, you know, but um, yeah, just, I think, I think, man, we covered a lot today, B. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> we did. Um, you know, once again, we want to thank you guys for listening to Buy the Block with Brian Chavis. If you found some value in this podcast today, uh, we would ask that you just leave us a review. Um, you know, that helps us out a lot. It helps the algorithm. Spread help, the love. Spread the love. You know, um, we just won a little award for being one of the top podcasts. So uh, top finance podcast for real estate. So that was exciting. And, you know, can't thank you guys enough for listening. So, you know, if you haven't left thank a review, uh, please leave a review on one on your favorite uh, podcast platform. And share it with a friend. Um, please. But uh, B, thank you so much for uh, joining us in the studio today, B. Thank you for... Uh always doing what you're doing Nathan you uh you know I always try to give you credit I think you know that um but I can't thank you enough never will be able to thank you enough for 
you know, as we talked about this afternoon, uh, early on in the podcast, my struggles, a lot of folks don't understand that, you know, uh, it's those who stay with you during yeah, those man. struggles and, and stick with you as close as a brother. Uh, and you have definitely done that through, uh, through helping me personally, my family, and, uh, just really reviving this business. So, um, you know, I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me personally and my family. And, uh, yeah, man, we're, you know, we're just getting started. So that's, to me, that's, that's the most exciting part. Absolutely. Hey, it's, it's my pleasure, B. It's truly an honor. Um, and um, once again, just always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure. All right. Talk to you next week, man. All right, guys. See you next week. Take care.